You never really notice how small your bed is until you try to share it with somebody else. James had a big king-size bed. You could play a game of football on that bed and wouldn't fall off the edge. My bed, I could practically touch my head to the headboard and my feet hang off the other side of the bed. So having James in my bed was definitely a tight fit. And yet somehow it was just perfect. Having him next to me, lying in my bed. I've never shared my bed with anybody else. This was new. And I liked it. I liked the feeling of having him close to me. And we have another little secret. Um, me, James, and Samantha. James's fiance-ish. I don't think they're getting married anymore, but I don't really ask. Um, we've kind of become a thing too. Mainly, I just kind of do it because I feel kind of guilty about getting in between the three of them, or the two of them, excuse me. Um, but it feels good. I like it. I like the attention. I like having James's lips and Samantha's lips trying to meet, but my cock is just in between them. They're trying to make out. My cock is keeping them separate. I, the feeling of it, the total just service of it all is like nothing else I've ever felt. Like it feels exalting and it's so exciting. I'm having fun. Samantha's loving it. James is even low key, but I know my good boy likes it too. So it's been cool. But in between all that, in between us fucking, like James comes over to my place every night and he spends a night with me in my bed. And <laughs> I never realized how small my bed is. Like I can almost touch my head to the headboard and let my feet hang over the side. But having him in there, it's such a tight fit, but it's a good kind of tight fit. Sometimes I hold him, and sometimes he lets me rest my head against his firm chest, and I just, I really like him. I really like spending time with him, but it's not like, it's not like that love type of feeling. It's not like that I'll do anything for you type of feeling. It's more just like a, like a, it's like we're friends. It's like he's somebody that I'm really, really just comfortable with, and we can explore and we can do all kinds of kinky, weird stuff with each other. And it's just cool. You ever been with somebody like that where it feels like you can do no wrong? And so you're just free to just do whatever it is you want to do. Say whatever it is you want to say. Like there are no walls between us. It's time for James to get up to go to work. He's been late like almost every single day for the past couple of weeks. And he's late because, I don't know, it's just hard for him to get up out of my bed. And it's, honestly, it's hard for me to let him go. This time, this particular morning, it doesn't seem like he's not as touchy-feely 
is a little quiet. And I think I, I've, I've come to the point where I can read when something's on his mind. Um, there's something he's not telling me. And I don't like the suspense. So I ask him, what's going on with you? And he just kind of looks at me. And looking down, he says, I got a promotion. And I said, that's great. It's fantastic. And he says, yeah, it is. Suddenly this conversation's feeling like when he told me that he was engaged. <laughs> um, I said, what's wrong? Like, what's going on? He's like, I, I just, it's going to be a promotion at, at corporate. Our corporate office is located in the same city, quite a bit of ways away. But I think I know what he's saying. And I said, yeah, it's too bad we're not going to be working together every day anymore. And he's like, yeah, I guess you're right. And he gets quiet again. And I ask him, so what's the matter? And he looks at me and he says, what about you? You know, I talk about this all the time to any upper management that'll that'll hear me out when I brag on my team members, but like my great my the thing that makes me great as a manager are my team members, are are the people that I work with every day. They're the shoulders that I stand on. They're the ones that push me into this promotion. And you're my best employee. I laugh. It's funny. It's funny. I'm thinking about this now as it's coming out of my mouth and I'm just like. He says things like that. And it's just, isn't it funny how like somebody can tell you something really good about yourself? And even though on paper it might be true, you don't believe it. You don't allow yourself to believe it. I never really allowed myself to think that I was this great employee. But when I run it back in my head, I, I think about all the people that come to me for advice. I think about all the problems that I solve every day that aren't my job. Um, and it's nice to hear. Even if parts of me don't believe it, it's very nice to hear. And I said, what about me? He said, I think you should go into sales. And I just kind of laughed, like sales is not my thing. I'm not the type of person who can make somebody buy something, um, especially at a club as expensive as our club can be. And he says, I mean, our club is, our, okay, let me just clarify like this. Like the particular location that I work at is kind of like one of the lower clubs in our district. Um, my manager is actually a district manager. So he manages our club, but he also manages three of the other clubs in the area. Um, but he hangs out at our club. He likes it at our club because I guess that's the club he started at. Um, and I guess he just feels like it's home, even though he could go to a, one of the fancier clubs in a nicer neighborhood, but he chooses to stay with us. Anyway, that's beside the point. Um, and sales isn't, sales is something that I thought about, but the idea of having a goal of having like, you know, the stress of sales is not something that I'm interested in. And I tell him this and he's like, you know, you really have to stop selling yourself short. You would kill that job. And as he's saying it, it starts to settle in on me. Like, I believe it. Maybe I can do it. And I say, what do I got to do? 
and he says, apply, go online right now. As a matter of fact, and then he reaches over and grabs my phone. He said, open this. I open my phone and he goes online and he starts filling out the application for me. Um, and I said, listen, I'll, I'll do it. If I want to do it, I'm going to do it myself. And while he's sitting there laying against me, I apply. And I'm wondering, like, how is this going to work? I don't want him pulling strings to get me the job. If I get the job, I want it to be because of my merit. And he's our district manager. The person who would make this decision is the club sales manager, um, who is somebody who I'm cool with. We're cool. Um, I'm actually very cool with them because at night when nobody else is around that can sell memberships, I actually can sell memberships like for people who want them. And I've sold quite a bit. Um, which is not common for people who work just the desk. Anyway, that's beside the point. So I'm in good with the sales manager. Um, and when I apply, I say, I'll talk to him tonight. I'll talk to him tonight. And I'll see if he thinks that I'm a good fit for the job as well. And James just smiles and he's like, you have no idea what you're capable of. I remember in my very first interview with James, when he hired me, I asked him, how do I become a manager? And he said, in order to become a manager, you have to do sales. <laughs> and my thought in my head, I didn't say this out loud, but the thought in my head was, looks like I'm not becoming a manager then. Um, I was always so terrified to do sales. It made me confront things that I didn't, I, I was happy floating. And sales was like putting your feet in front of another and taking responsibility for your career, at least in the gym. Um, but we'll see how it goes. James goes to work and I clean up my place a little bit, get a shower, and I get prepared to go to work as well, too. So... As I said I would, I talked to Tony, the sales manager, that evening as he was wrapping up his shift and peak hours had cooled off. Um, and he was surprisingly open to the idea of me joining the sales team. He said, I want you to start Monday. You won't be officially sales, but starting Monday, you'll spend about an hour in this department. And I'm going to teach you everything that you need to know. And when the time is ready, we'll switch you over full time. And I was surprised and nervous um, anytime I feel like you're making a big step in the right direction or advancing yourself. Little nerves is manageable and should be expected to some degree. Um, and I was, I was nervous. This was a big step for me because I've always been kind of, kind of shy, um, at least with my clothes on. And he was very open to the idea and it just seemed like things were rolling faster than I intended to set them in motion. Part of me in the back of my head wondered if James had said something to him. But I told James not to, and James listens to me. So I'm going to pretend that this was me. And I had another hesitation. There was another salesperson who worked there who I would, you know, be on team with and who really did not like me. We butted heads over just dumb BS. He was the type of person who would get in your face and tell you that you did something wrong, even when you did something right. I did something, um, every call that comes in that is a non-member call, 
has to be transferred to sales because it's a potential sale. And he thought I was just BSing and not trying to do my job. Clearly, he didn't know my job. So he gets in my face, yells about it. And I was just like, yeah, bro, I ain't got, I ain't got time for this. I'm not even going to like try to explain this to you. I walked up to, I remember I walked up to James. I said, hey, bro, tell your boy what's good. I'm sorry, not James. I walked up to Tony and I was like, you need to tell your boy what's good. And he was like, yeah, he did the thing. He, he, and Tony backed me up. So ever since then, though, ever since then, this guy has had it out for me. Like he's always eyed me. He knows that I'm gay. Um, and he started, he's starting like hella rumors about me and stuff. And he's talked to like other members about me. He's like, oh yeah, you got to watch out for, you got to watch out for this guy because you know, he's a whatever derogatory gay slur he used toward me. Um, but it was, it was, it was whatever. Like I can handle this guy. Um, he's taller than me. He's bigger than me. I'll still take his ass in more ways than one. (laughs) Um, but yeah, come that Monday, I started training. Um, this guy did not like it at all, but who cares what he thought? Like, this is for me. It's not for him. One day, (laughs) I feel like I got to figure out a better way to say this because every time I open up and I start saying like one day, it's like, oh my gosh, something sexual is about to happen. Um, So don't get your hopes up, but one day, (laughs) one day, um, I'm working the desk. I'm pretty much through my sales training and I'm about to start the guy, um, the sales guy who cannot stand me, um, whose name is Michael, by the way. Michael was so mean. I mean, he was a really just mean guy. He would punk people all the time. And he would say like really mean things, girls, guys, it doesn't matter. He would say like really like gross things and just look at you and wait for you to respond, wait for you to challenge him. And he was a bigger guy, um, taller than me, um, very muscular, but not like cut like James, but like muscular um, still. And he, he came across as being just a real bully. And I never looked at him in that in a, in a way that I felt like he was attractive. Even though a lot of people liked him and thought he was attractive, he was nice to like Tony, his boss, and like James, our district manager, James, my guy. Um, but he, if you were on, if you were lower than him on the HR ladder, chances are he would treat you like shit. Even if he was friendly with you other times, like he just needed to be dominating over people it was it was a very bizarre thing i never really understood it and even more than his behavior i didn't understand people around him's behavior how people would you know try to make him like them it was weird like he was surrounded by people who were just like submissive to his to his bullying like trying to get his attention girls and guys it was just really bizarre And like I said, like a lot of people found him attractive. A lot of people found like his, his build, his face. Um, He was, he was kind of brown skinned, um, really muscular, like I said, um, tall. And kind of, I've heard people like describe our club as what they would call um, a little bit of a hood club especially in like our family of clubs, because usually our clubs are more higher end and this club is kind of an anomaly. I think our company bought it out um, when it was some other, when it was some other thing, when some other gym. Um, 
And I don't know, it just kind of stands out. But I know that our crowd is a little bit on the rougher side. And um, some of the people that work for this company at this club are a little bit on the rougher side, too. Michael was the type of guy that if he were nice, I could have fallen for. But he was such an ass, I just didn't see him as being attractive. And I like ass. I hear yelling coming from his office, like a thunderous yell, and then like a, like a, a high-pitched cackling. And there's two members in his office that are just like going off on him, like going off on him. And that's not super abnormal. He's been known to piss off, piss off a lot of members. And um, these people that were going off, and the guy was huge. And I figured, oh, he might pound this guy. Um, and as much as I don't particularly, and we haven't really gotten along, like, I don't, I don't want him to get pounded. So, like, I'm like, let me see if I can intervene here. And I look at the members, and I'm like, oh, I know these guys. Like, we've always been cool. They've always been super nice to me. Um, but the guy's yelling. And I walk into Michael's office. And Michael is just, like, bright red. And he looks shook because he knows, or at least... You know, this guy could pound him in like a second. And um, I kind of like sidestep my way into the room and I said, hey, guys. Um, and they kind of like acknowledge me like, hey, what's up? I said, everything, everything cool. And the most calming, like neutral voice that I can muster. Um, Michael is just like completely quiet. And they're like, this effing dude effed up our membership and we're getting charged an extra 20 bucks a month, and they start going off. And I'm, I go, I go and I take a look at Michael's computer and I see the membership up there and I see the mistake Michael made. Um, these people had an old membership that was, if you sign up at a particular rate, especially the people who signed up when the club first opened, they have a really great rate that, you know, you just can't beat. Anyway, um, he made a change to the membership per their request, but he didn't inform them like changing this is going to change their rates. Um, and it's a pretty, like, this is kind of an irreversible action for most people anyway, but I've been around long enough and I've dealt with enough memberships where I know what to do. Um, and Michael is just like shaking and almost trembling. He's like terrified of this guy. And I said, you know what, you guys, come over here. Let me see if I can help out. And I asked Michael politely if he would watch the desk for me. And he does. I half expected him to protest because he is vindictive, but he didn't. He goes and he watches the desk and I take them into the computer that I'm, the office that I'm signed in on my computer with. And let's make a long story short. I called corporate. I negotiated with the salesperson, I'm not the salesperson, the, um, one of the people on the line who I've been really cool with, um, because I've had to help other members out with their memberships before, which isn't common for front desk. Usually we're just told to give them corporate's number and have them figure it out. But, um, I call in and corporate likes that I call in because they don't have a screaming member and I'm generally pleasant on the phone. Um, and so I'm talking to my homegirl up at the corporate office and customer service. And she hooks them up with an even better deal than they had before. And this couple loves me and I love them because they're making me look really good. And like, they went from angry and screaming 
to just like cheery and happy and laughing. And I walk them out the door. I come back into the desk where Michael is just staring at me. Um, almost in wonderment, like, what the fuck did you do? And I walk up to the desk. And if he wants to know what happened, I'll tell him, but he's got to ask me. And I know him, like, he's not going to ask. So I just go up to the desk and I say, thank you for watching the desk for me, Michael. Um, I got it now. And I take over. I answer a couple calls. I check in a couple members. And the whole time he's just staring and standing like off and behind into the side of me, just quiet. And I go on like nothing happened whatsoever. I'm not going to mention this to anybody else. I'm not going to mention it to management. Um, and at some point, I know he wants to say thank you. But his ego's not going to let him, which is totally fine with me. And finally, he says, thank you. And I stop and I look at him. And I say, of course, man. I'll always help you out. And in that moment, in that moment, I saw him crack just a little bit. I saw him crack just a little bit. That, that rough exterior, I saw it like soften, almost like he would, almost like he could burst out in tears at any second. And he just kind of looked at me like, like he was seeing me for the first time. And he turns and he goes back to his seat. And for the rest of the day, I just would catch him staring at me. And something in me knew. Something in me knew. <sighs> I think you already know the answer to that. Michael, later that night, called me into his office. And he had the members membership open. And he said, what did you do? How did you do this? So I told him, I told him start to finish. I even told him about the history that I had with the person who worked up at the corporate office. And he was like, he just kind of leaned back in his chair and he smiled. Um, and it's nice to see him smile. It's funny, a smile, a little smile will go a long way. And we just started to talk a little bit. And he kind of was just asking me questions about memberships, which is funny because they are, their department is technically member services. But when it comes to like problem solving on memberships, like that's a lot of what I do. Anyway, that's not important. And he's sitting down at his desk looking at the computer and I'm leaning over him. And, you know, I still doubt my instincts, even though I had an instinct that something between us was changing. I just basically dismissed it. I wasn't expecting anything to happen. And he's looking at his screen and I'm pointing over to the member's transactions history. And I told him how he messed up their membership by making a change to something that isn't allowed to be changed without 
being changed into our new price method and all of this non-important stuff. And as I'm in mid-sentence, he grabs me by the back of the head and just pulls me in to a kiss. And at first it's rough. At first it actually kind of hurts. But I have to like push him off just a little bit just to get the flow right. And just to get that deep, long, sultry kiss that I like. The one that lingers on the tongue just a little bit. And finally we break free. And I look at him. And he looks at me. I don't know what I'm expecting him to say, but he says, I'm not gay. And I nod my head thoughtfully. I say, sure, you're not gay. He's like, I just, I just wanted to know what that felt like, but I could never, I could never do like the whole butt sex thing. He's speaking to my inner Mr. Brooks right now. I'm like, bro. I lean back in before he can make a bigger mess out of his own words. I lean back in and give him another deep kiss and then another and then another. I let my tongue enter his mouth and I can see on his tight fitted pants, the bulge that is like threatening to break free. Like I can tell he's rock hard. And then I give him a gentle brush with my hand on the side of his cheek as I break the kiss and I look him straight in the eye and I say you have no idea what you're capable of